correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be session 8 of our Waterdeep Dragon Heist campaign. My name is Tom, I will be your friendly GM slash DM for this uh, Roller King urban adventure. Let us go around the table <laughs> and meet our cool players and their equally cool characters for today. Let's begin here. Hey, I'm Sam, I play Izzy, a rock gnome wizard. Rock gnome wizard. And what colour is Izzy's hair today? Because as we've established it changes colour, which I think is awesome. I would say... It is a violet. Oh my. <laughs> yes. Lovely. I like it. Let's move on to you, sir. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm playing Lyle Hedgehoth, a cleric trickster... Trickster cleric. Yes, cleric trickster, trickster cleric of Time Aura. <laughs> Good. Try to say that fast ten times. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's, uh, a, that's, that's how they get you. That's that's my thing that I failed in cleric school. Interesting. No. Okay. Lyle never went to cleric school. No. Lyle, Lyle, for his part, has had a an understanding of Time Aura. And how she has been present in his life ever since uh, tumultuous events led him to being abandoned as an urchin within Waterdeep, the reasons oh, of which oh we'll delve into at a later date. At a later date, all right. So that's a mystery for now. Fantastic. Indeed. But he has had a coin on his person mm-hmm. uh, that is also the symbol of Timora, a with the goddess's face and shamrocks oh, yes. uh, ring around it, which was given to him by a member of his family Oh, shortly before events led them to being separated. That's really cool. That's I, I like that. So that would definitely be your most prized possession. Indeed. Be- it is It is tarnished. It has seen some use from having been um, moved around fingers and fidgets and what have you. <laughs> yes. But yes, it is absolutely it is absolutely the thing that was prior to place of the festoon, the festoonery of good luck charms. The festoonery. I yes. love it. That's great. That's, that's, that's fantastic. And finally... Uh, my name is Nadia. I am playing Jez Locke, a half-elf rogue. She is one half of the Locke twins. She's been raised... Um, uh, amongst a criminal organisation and is now starting to take over that organisation with her brother Nick, who sadly is not here today. Yes, it is worth noting that both uh, Mark and Nick are absent today because Mark was a big old loser and got married. <laughs> but- no, Hurst is still single, though. Hurst is still single. Ladies. Ladies. <laughs> but, so, but no, sincere congratulations to Mark and Lizzie. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well done. Yes. Yay! To explain their absence, we will say that the Emerald Enclave has taken Hurst for a quick mission on the outskirts of town, mm-hmm. which will actually involve him learning a little bit about the snow beetles, because the call for help came from their farm. Mm. So that'll be a, a little interesting thing to find out all about next week. But we will say this... Is Nick going to be... Look, I, I'm sure you've got an explanation for Nick. Yes. And his being absent. Okay. I cannot imagine a more mismatched duo of Hurst and Nick Locke you uh-huh. as, as some sort of like body, buddy cop drama. That is exactly what we're going to be dealing with next week because Nick begrudgingly has decided to accompany Hurst. Um, There's going to be a moment where they're walking through a field and you hear this... <laughs> and you're like... I hope that was mud. <laughs> it's, 
Exactly. It's, it's, it's a very it's awesome short. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. All right, then. So, thank you so much. Oh, can we find out a fun fact about Jez this week? Sure. Uh, so, once when she was a lot younger, she ran away from home. Okay. Her intent was to join uh, a theatre troupe. Wow. Come into town recently. Uh, she saw them uh, with her uh, with her father one day and, and fell in love with the idea of the theatre and being one of the players on stage. And so, basically, I think she probably would have been about 14 or something like that at the time. She snuck out one night and um, snuck into uh, the theatre troupe's encampment and just decided to try to beg for a job. And um, they they kind of just looked after her for the evening and then, you know, she fell asleep in one of their tents and then the next morning she woke up and, you know, they... Aww picked her up and kind of took her back home and let her know that once she was 16 that she could decide to join them if she wanted. She had very good potential as a player and as an actor. Um, But until then, uh, they wanted her to to stay home and finish her education with her parents. That's fantastic. Her criminal education, of course. That's right. They didn't quite know that part of it. (laughs) They thought they were doing a very good thing by sending her home to mum and dad. Now you learn how to mix poisons, pick locks, and assassinate people first. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, here's the thing that's interesting to me then because it seems like Nick uh, Nick Locke ended up going down the the theatrical thespian uh, style of route so what made you decide to go more for the blunt blunt force trauma approach it's very much a just a requirement of our upbringing so with our both of our parents uh, who have a partnership one of them being kind of from the streets and the other with a more more noble background they realized the power of being able to move through both worlds Mm. Um, my mother or our mother being the noble and our father being that um, on the ground player and uh, they basically just raised us in those two disparate environments with the idea that together we would take over the organization which we have started to and be able to you know use that to our advantage and so in terms of what she wanted to do wasn't really much of an option nor was it for Nick either but um, well, I guess I think we're starting to kind of recognise that these are our, our roles in, in life and maybe in retirement I'll go and join a league, local theatre group and, uh, <laughs> and do it for funsies. Yes, cool. that's amazing. So, as we begin our scene today, it is only about 20 minutes after we left off. Hurst and Nick have been called away on this mission. A mm. talking squirrel, no less, came up to... Del- <laughs> came up to deliver the Emerald Enclave mission request to Hurst, who, in true Hurst style, probably grunted and begrudgingly went along. Uh-huh. Nick was bored with the city and so decided to have a perhaps a, a brief foray outside. We'll find out next week. But for now... It'll be lovely and not at all muddy. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> so. Agatha Brightmantle, who, of course, you were dealing with in the last session, mm-hmm. asks you if she can accompany you back to Troll Skull because technically she was not required to be back at the temple by her overly protective guardian until just before sundown. And since this is one of the few opportunities that she'll be able to actually spend some time outdoors, she would actually love to go to a tavern because she hasn't really been able to do so. She's had a really cloistered, uh, sheltered existence and she hears that your tavern is nice and so would like to go to, well, that tavern. Assuming you are amicable to this, we'll say that the four of you then are trundling down back towards Troll Skull Alley. The sights and sounds of the city, Hmm. all around 
around you, being the week of Fleetswick, or sorry, pardon me, being the 10 day of Fleetswick, mm. you can see that there is celebration aplenty. There are many, many crowds, there are performers, minstrels, acrobats, parades that go on through the city and the main city streets are an absolute abuzz. Uh, a motley assortment of colors and sounds and smells of food. Essentially, it's a, a city-wide, 10-day-long uh, seafood festival celebrating all things nautical including great tributes to Umberly who despite being a chaotic evil deity is still one that you need to pay lip service to lest your ship sink don't see a spickle no exactly one of the few evil deities that is very often found in even good cities just purely out of a you know fear and respect sort of situation mm -hmm. so with these delights all around you you make your way you know through the city streets until eventually you wind your way back to Trollskull you notice that the market stalls in Trollskull Alley are likewise uh, bedecked with seafood and nautical themed wares uh, you can see that there is a uh, I guess the fantasy equivalent of a pop-up store there's a marketplace oh that, isn't, gosh, that yes. isn't, isn't normally there a traveling merchant is, is mm. set up to essentially sell model ships including those in you know in large jars sorry ships in ships in bottles and other model ships and all that kind of thing. And you make your way further towards, of course, the Speak Freely Tavern and uh, attached to Troll Skull Manor. As you do so, you notice that there is a bit of a kerfuffle going on in the alleyway between... This is actually the same alleyway that you have the street fight with mm. Mr. Silverblade and where he met his end at Jez's hands. And so it is with no with no small amount of trepidation that you yes. respond to, once again, what sounds like children arguing. But this time, <laughs> you realize that you, you can see that the three urchins are there. And the three urchins are there in their current little tabards that they have to be your courier service for your scroll recycling program, <laughs> which has only started to really pick up steam in the last 10 day or so. So it's pretty new. Mm. They have been hired by, I assume by yourself, putting mm. in a good word so they can earn a bit of extra bit of extra coin to run around and collect. The really, really great idea that the Dragonborn librarian mm. had was that as much as random adventurers that use scrolls aren't always going to be very good about recycling and handing them back in, yeah. the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors, essentially the, oh, the actual yeah. guild yeah. themselves, are essentially going to be all on board with this. So they appreciate the dusk wood and all that kind of thing. So most of your business is actually with larger institutions rather than relying on smaller, you know, mercenaries and adventurers and individual wizards to correctly hand in their recycling. So it's actually thriving pretty well. Izzy just had a horrible feeling that they've forgotten something. <laughs> Uh, Lyle has a similar horrible feeling, which is to say, where are we seeing where profits on this? Where are supposed to go and register? No, so, so the first profits haven't rolled in yet, but that's exactly what we're going to be. <laughs> that's exactly what we're going to be dealing with now. So, oh no! But but Izzy, on the other hand, has another concern. Oh, remember, we're <laughs> in no. more deep though. You're a water Davian citizen. One assumes that you've have you never registered with the with the guild. Can you? Yes. Uh, just confirm actually whether or not you have signed on to the to the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors Guild. See, I think with Izzy, they've been they've been out of Waterdeep for quite a while. Okay. <laughs> so it might uh, so this this is this is this is out of character. Like, this of is, This is something I don't know about Waterdeep. But does Waterdeep have an academy? Yes. Like, is there an academy? Yes. Okay. Well, there's, right. there's there's Blackstaff Tower. Yeah. 
Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, similar to that, there's also programs run by the watchful order of mages and protectors. Essentially, the guild can teach and instruct and all that kind of thing as well. Okay. All right. I'm thinking this is probably going to be something to do with their past. Okay. Sure. That's awesome. But they might have gone to somewhere else other than <laughs> the tower. No, that's okay. That's that's totally cool. Um, it's it, all in all, there's been like an absence where Izzy has not been in Waterdeep. No, that's okay. That's okay. Even if you're brand new to Waterdeep, though, mm. it's 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 requested, or I should say required, really, that any visiting yeah. mage, uh, only arcane spellcasters, though, do register with the guild, just so they have your name and details. As you'd imagine, in a, in a high magic, high fantasy world, magic cast within the city is something that needs to be regulated and oh, monitored yes. pretty well, oh, so <laughs> they, they do what they can, and they're not overly strict about it. It's just expected that you sign up. They might come to you for help with things as well, mm-hmm. particularly in, for example, you know, battling fires, you know, fires yeah. or other disasters, repairs, yeah. uh, investigations, and anything else like that. So it's <laughs> completely, you, you can absolutely be a rogue. Yeah. A ro- <laughs> A rogue wizard and not have not have signed up legally. Just or had you... this, this horrible vision of like is he making the fire worse or better? Yes, indeed. So just to confirm, anyway, then would yes. would would Izzy have uh, signed up or no? They would have forgotten. Okay, great, good. No, no, that's that's perfectly fine. But, so. any, but anyway, so is he seeing the three urchins arguing? Yes, they are in fact yes. arguing with Tabitha, the well-to-do toddler, who currently who is this? Who is this? Who is this character? So oh, so, so Tabitha. <laughs> <laughs> so Tabitha, the well-to-do toddler, is a halfling toddler. So she is incredibly small. She's about oh my a, li- God. a little over a foot tall. <gasps> and she basically looks like the little halfling Shirley Temple. So she's got really chubby cheeks and curly, ready blonde, really, really curly, ready blonde hair. At the present time, she just has a green and red dress on, which kind of kind of matches the colouring of the courier uniforms that the three urchins wear. Your scroll recycling program, uh-huh. the couriers that... Uh, go and collect essentially have a green and red mm. you know so almost sort of Christmas themed look right that has the symbol of the bookstore you know the, the dragon the gold dragon cuddling cuddling the book which is the yeah. sign out the front of the, uh, of the book bookstore word. the book one. oh my god yes yes okay and you notice that Tabitha is currently arguing with them and she, the little dress that she has on is actually very very similar in colour to that so uh, there you are they're arguing rather intently as you as you come upon the four of them in the alleyway. So, do you ignore this little pantomime or do you approach? No, I'm going over. Okay, you walk over. And so as you as you walk over, you can see that Squidly, the tiefling lad, mm-hmm. is currently sitting there and he has a large satchel on his back that has a whole bunch of uh, scroll paper in it. So clearly they've just been out collecting and so forth. Mm-hmm. And he says, for the last time, no, you cannot be a courier. You are too small. And also you're rich, Richie. You don't need the money. And she says, oh, but I really, really want to. It seems so wonderful running around the city collecting magical scrolls. Oh, please, please, won't you? I can be. Look, look, I have the uniform and everything. Oh my That's God. not the uniform. That is a Richie McRich dress. Go back to your fancy house, Richie. Why are you so mean? Why are you so short? Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> And you realize that Nat just just kind of like puts a hand on him as if to say, "Oi, you know, take take it easy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, little Tabitha looks like she's about ready to burst into tears, and she's clutching a an- animatronic horse, which is her favorite toy. You you always you always see her, her carrying it. It's essentially like a little a little clock, not clockwork, like a little golem toy horse, basically that moves. And so as you approach, they they turn to look at the three of you. Squidly turns to you and says, 
Oh, we've got a great haul today. That is amazing. Please tell her that she can't be a courier. And then little Tabitha runs up to the three of you and says, Oh, please tell me that I can be a courier. I really want to be a courier. Oh, love. Listen, you're, you're doing a great job. Kind of trying to get up and, um, you know, ask for a job and be involved. But you're a bit too young, you know? Maybe in a couple of years you can come and join them. No, but I'm almost four. I am not too young. <laughs> Is this flashing back to your previous backstory where you wanted to oh. be an actor and they said you couldn't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, she kind of turns to Squidly and says, you know, listen, let's not be bullies here. You can tell the young girl she can't join, but let's be a bit nicer about it, yeah? Okay, he, he looks very bashful and looks down and says, okay, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just jealous because she has so many great toys. You can have some of my toys. I don't need all of them. I am. My cousin Tanitha has more toys than me anyway. I'm not that rich. He just rolls his eyes. She says, listen, you can't, you, you, you can't have this one because this one's my favorite. She says, clutching the horse. But wait, I'll be right back. And she like runs. <laughs> and just, she, she climbs the outside of the building. I'm so she scrambles. She climbs like a monkey. She, <laughs> she just scrambles up the drain pipe. That is up, so cool. Up to the top of the window in which you always see her poking her little head out in, into this alleyway. And with that, she disappears inside. And then you see her pop her little head back out and she says, here, catch, and like throws down a doll. And it essentially looks like a sort of a, sort of like a Raggedy Ann doll, right? Like uh -huh. it's, it's, it's a stuffed doll. It has, you know, curly blonde hair. And she looks like her. <laughs> <And> <laughs> What's her name again? Is it Tabitha? Tabitha. Tabitha, where is your nanny? Um, she's asleep at the present time. You know, it's never too young to start recruiting. I mean... <laughs> I'll, I'll take a look at this I'm saying that I couldn't have climbed that at her age. She's a nimble little thing, yes. Listen, I have a rule, and it's wait until at least six years old before you start using children for jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I have a personal code. What? I'm very... <laughs> <laughs> is a it? very strong moral compass, as you can see. Check what? <laughs> as the year, uh, so the years one before are strictly for the pursuits of innocence with childhood, and then six onward, they need to go out into the market. Exactly. I don't feel like that's an unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Call me soft heart. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really great. Uh, everyone can take inspiration. Consider consider that done. Now, uh, Jenks, you know, the yes. short, portly, yes. Tarami boy, wanders over to you. And he, he, by the way, now has got, he has the black snake, the winged snake, the pet. Oh, right. Yes. Which is snuggled into his, uh, uh, essentially coiled around his neck and uh, deepened the, down the front of his little tablet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he says, can you, can you do some magic? Um, my, my druid practice is going really well. Would I be able to? To come into the garden today. Hurst said that that druids should spend lots mm. of time in the garden. We've almost finished collecting scrolls. That is a very good idea. I like it. I can't do magic yet, but I'm very, I'm very sure that I'll be able to do it soon. And that is amazing. All right. Could you do a spell for me? Ah. Nap, nap. And of course, you can now speak the the children's uh, sign language. You learned yes. that during your yes. downtime. Yes. So, so Nat signs to him like, leave them alone. They're they're important. They have. The to do and so do we she she punctuates pointing to the scrolls which clearly they haven't mm -hmm. taken they haven't taken yeah, back to the yeah. Jenks says you know what if Tabitha wants to help then she could help to uh, order and fold the scrolls before we bring them back that's boring we don't like doing that and it <laughs> And it, be, and it also <laughs> means that she could be involved. You can, you can never be too young to start making friends, particularly friends that are in very influential and rich positions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Agatha is just like, has been sitting back this whole time and then just 
beaming with a grin from ear to ear. Ooh, how'd you get down so fast? And she's no, 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 no not not Tabitha, Agatha. Oh, Agatha, yes, yeah, sorry. Your uh, your dwarven paladin who is mm-hmm. there, and she says, "Oh, you three are just so gorgeous." <laughs> I know, right? So Nat Nat walks over to Agatha, who is you know kind of a, of a, of a height. You know, if anything, mm. Ag- Agatha's might might be slightly taller, mm. but she just kind of looks at looks at her, and uh, Nat signs to uh, Nat signs to Agatha, "Are you a cleric?" Mm. And Agatha, to your surprise, apparently knows uh, general sign language as well, and so mm. responds and says, "No, I'm a paladin." And then Nat is sort of sort of frowns for a second and just asks more de- in more detail, like, what, "What's a paladin?" type thing. I join in. I actually sign. Fighty cleric. <laughs> and so Nat, Nat just grins. <laughs> and but fighty cleric with like a little shrug at the end. As so Nat just grins and, and then she turns to you, Lyle, really excitedly and says, and signs, does Timora have paladins? So Lyle's flabbergasted at the notion, <laughs> just working his mouth around the concept that uh, something uh, something like Timora or Goddess of Luck would be associated with something that isn't the law, but is just about as bad, yeah. if not worse. I mean, there, there are there are paladins of almost no. all good deities. That oh yeah, absolutely. No, they just look, rare. Some are rarer you, than others. Yeah, if you asked any other cleric who had a schooling, <laughs> they would absolutely probably back that type of thing. Right. I was thinking but, like pro gamblers. <laughs> nice, but but in this case, no. I think Lyle's going to play uh, whether whether it's a liar, whether it's just Lyle's ignorance in this regard. Sure, like, he's going to go no. no. Okay, just Nat, shaking his head. Nat looks a, l- a little disappointed and says, and just nods to herself and says, and crosses her arms and says, "Science, that's okay. Cler- cleric, it is. I'll be a cleric when I grow up." Oh, I emphatically nod at that. Agatha says, "Well, look, you got the wooden sword there. I can teach you some sword fighting. It'd be great to practice. I don't, I don't often get to train with people who are my height." Nat, Nat just nods enthusiastically. And then, you know, he says, you know, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Teach me sword fighting sometime. And Agatha nods and, and signs back. Yes, absolutely. You know, so the kids all now look to each other. Nat signs to the rest of them. Okay, you lot, it's time we took these scrolls back. Then Nat turns to you, Jez, and says, signs, we are to bring them your first round of profits to you today as well. Should we just bring, should we just bring it to the inn? She signs um, back. Yes, just leave it with um, life. She nods. Oh, and she says, oh, by the way, you have signs to you again. By the way, you have visitors. There was a visitor who left, who left something with life. Uh, she signs back. Are they still here? No, they left. But I spotted them. They had a they had a they had a harbor pin. Uh, she signs back. Thank you. Off you pop. She nods and gives you a little salute, and then the, <laughs> and then the three of them rush off. Tabitha is leaning so far out the window that once again, for the fiftieth time in a, in as many weeks, you are uh, as many ten days, I should say. Sorry, you are concerned for her safety <laughs> as, she, as she screams out of the window. Did I hear that correctly? Could I could I please possibly help and be the scroll folder? I look over at Squidly, who's I think the one who'd been raising the objections so far. Or was it Agatha? It was Squidly. Squidly. Uh, he he stops running away for a second and turns back and just kind of gives you a gives you a knowing nod. Yep, and I... Yeah, sure. I feel bad. I confirm it, and then I'll call up in halfling. Welcome aboard. <laughs> okay, she screams and, pull, and, then, and then falls out the window. So who's, so who's got to say? But what's funny is you realise that uh, after she's fallen for about ten feet, she does in fact go under the effect of feather fall and just descends ever so slowly before hitting the ground. Did did I did. 
did I do that or no you did not oh I mean, sorry what? pardon me actually actually because, because you can do further fall as a reaction so yes. if you want to do you, if you have it prepared you can definitely do further fall I don't think I do that's okay <laughs> So we'll say that you go to do it, but then you realise it's not necessary because she just, for whatever reason, floats down to the ground. The kids all look in, in horror. She says, "Wee!" Jess just oh. kind of nods and says, if I had a toddler that had a proclivity <laughs> to climb up and jump off things, I think I'd probably have Featherfall cast on her at all times too. <laughs> so Tabitha... Alright, what is the nanny? Tabitha Tab- Tab- looks up at you because she's going, Wee! She floats down like she's very used to it. This is this is clearly clearly something that she's had happen to her many times before. She actually re- she reaches down the front of her little dress and pulls out a small golden locket that has uh-huh. a golden feather yeah. token on the end. My nanny gives this to me because she says that I am reckless. It's like the magic <laughs> magical equivalent of having like a leash for your child. It really is. <laughs> I, I do feel like, however, there's a critical life lesson that isn't being learned. <laughs> All of a sudden, you, you can see a very sour-faced, matronly halfling woman Uh-oh. burst her head out of the window. Think of her like the halfling version of Trunchbottom from Matilda. Oh, Trunchbull, a, a, yeah. Like a, like a Trunchbull, sorry. Trunchbull from Matilda. Yeah. She's just, you know, for a halfling, is huge. Like, she would dwarf Lyle. And her grey hair is tied up in a, a bun that is on her head so tight it'll make a racehorse wince. And she leans down and says, Tabitha, Tabitha, come upstairs right now. How many times have you fallen today? Oh, only once. Well, you better be up here right now. I'm closing this window. She says, all right. And then she, she just goes to scramble up the drain pipe again. She's like, no, do not. Oh, blast it all. And so Tabitha <laughs> scrambles all the way back up and is snatched and pulled inside. I'm terribly sorry, this matron says before she slams the window closed and you can hear it lock from the inside. So with that then, the urchins scamper away. Agatha just kind of sits there looking at all these people and interacting with them with a big grin on her face and then starts to wander over towards the tavern. So I assume that you follow? Oh, yes. Great. So the four of you then walk over to, well, your tavern. Once again, it is doing a really, really wonderful week of business. Uh, Fleet's Wake, Mm -hmm. you made a great first impression with your seafood and nautical-themed selections. Uh, Jez, tell me an interesting menu item that you've put on for this week for the the seafood festival. Uh, So we have... Have oh for the seafood festival. Okay. Yeah, normally it's seafood themed for Fleet's Wake. So we've we've got basically a seafood version of a turducken. Oh no! No, it's a big. It was Jez's idea. Everyone was like, no, don't do it. No, don't please, do it. No, no. And she's like, it's great. And what it is, it's a giant grouper cod. Oh, my gosh. That's been stuffed with, oh, God. Uh, that's been stuffed with a squid. That's been stuffed with shrimp. a soft-shell crab. That's been stuffed with fish roe. <laughs> oh. Um, she, you know, there's a little flashback scene where you see the, you see the Jez going to the kitchens and, and like, outlining. And then she's got, like sketches of like how you put one animal into the other animal and the chef is just looking <laughs> utterly <laughs> horrified. 
Is this our? This is a, and this is our changeling elven chef that we've just uh, double very important doppelganger, not yeah. changeling. Yes, yeah. yes, I'm yes just, correct. I've just well, got this kind of. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. One thing is, this is literally half an hour after the end of last session, mm-hmm. so your doppelgangers yeah. are on uh, route, but have not. Okay, so we haven't subjected them to this. Right, no, cool. They'll likely be arriving this evening. <laughs> yeah. But continue, please. I, but the, the chef, you know, is so talented and so good at what they do that they've kind of worked out a way to make it taste good. Like Despite it, it is all expectations. surprisingly good. <laughs> yes, Izzy. I, I got this, I've, I've got this kind of image in my head of like Jez in the kitchen late at night. <laughs> just, just, and it's like, it shadows on the wall as she's just stuffing something into <laughs> the <something> larger <laughs> so animals then, together. The up and the shadow on the wall is just you smashing <laughs> and the light, lightning crackles outside. <laughs> yeah. Izzy's sitting in, in, in their tower just going, something's wrong. Something's very wrong. This horrible stench. <laughs> this horrible stench. <laughs> All right, then. That's amazing. So <laughs> so you get back to the tavern. And as you walk on in, of course, you can see the beautiful dark wooden aesthetic that you have set up on the downstairs. There's only a, maybe a couple of dozen people in here right now. So it's, uh, you know, sort of a late lunch at the present time and everyone seems to be enjoying themselves. There's sort of some low key merriment going on. You have Short and Sweet who are performing in your tavern as a, as a guest star appearance. I, I, I imagine that you would hire all sorts of performances. We can talk about that actually. Ooh, what yes. kind of what kind of acts and performers and bards and storytellers and drag acts or anything at all really acrobats performance magicians you know can we have a Waterdeep version of Penn and Teller <gasps> yes, oh, yes yes you sure can yes. <laughs> for the time being though it's just the three it's the three halflings doing their short and sweet routine but uh-huh. it's, it's low key they're playing some quiet soft music in the corner as you go in however you notice that it, that life is actually looking a little bit stressed and sort of beckons at you beckons you enthusiastically as you approach. Life is stressful. Yes, it is. So he points to the basement and then he signs to you, City Watch and Paladin, searching. Um, She signs, is this something to do with a delivery that was dropped off to you? He he frowns for a second, then shakes his head and says, no, that's that's different. That came from the, that that came from the, and he signs very carefully, the Harpers. But then he points down at the entrance, the hatch that leads down to your basement and says, Paladin, Rude idiot oh. wanted 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 to wanted to smite me before City Watch stopped him. They have a warrant. He says, pointing at the the the, the, the bar. No, the, oh, the the, bar. On, on the bar had a warrant. Insisted. All right, I'm going down there. Agatha says, "Oh no." And so with that, you open up the hatch. You can you can already hear sort of like the, like the clanking and shuffling and moving and grinding. And when you do go down... Oh, and just to clarify, sorry, this is the city watch? The yes. city watch, yes. The cops, basically, yes. The city guard wouldn't typically be searching anything inside the city. They're mostly like the army that protect mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they, they, yeah. they, they're called in for really dangerous stuff and obviously like the elite uh, and so yeah. forth. But when yeah. it comes to investigations and stuff like detectives and police work, that's the city watch. So when you go downstairs, you can see in fact that surprise, surprise, it's the tall, blonde Captain America looking paladin that you encountered at the Yawning Portal oh. a couple of hours ago. And he has clearly rustled up some city watch to do a impromptu search of your facilities. And so he looks up at you with a sort of a sneer and a condescending grin as you descend the stairs with Agatha right behind you. And he says, oh, well, what a surprise. And you're here with her 
as well. I assume you're done with whatever it is you were doing today. You can go back to the temple now. I assume you have some reason for calling the watch on this, pl- on this place of business? Indeed, I suspect that you may have corrupted my charge, and so I'm here to make sure that your business is on the up and up, and is not secretly the lair of some foul demon worship or criminal activity. Lucky for you, it seems as though you are innocent of those particular crimes. I stress those particular ones. Where is your orc friend? Well, he's off doing some business. I don't see how it's any of yours. It's quite rude, you know, just coming in here and accusing us of being demon worshippers. We've done quite a good, a lot of good for the city in regards to, you know... Dealing with demons? Yeah. He crosses his arms and says, Oh, I see. Can you give me one exception? I'll go over at Agatha. We just slew a bearded, a bearded devil at the cobbler store not an hour ago. They helped me. Yeah, could... you're welcome. Okay, he looks a little disgruntled. Does anybody want to give me some kind of a intimidate check? Or, so... or if, if you want to try to placate him, do sort of a charm check. and Persuasion. Persuasion? Up to you. Yeah. Jez would probably try and intimidate first. Yeah, go for it. Um, and then he might need to come to the rescue. No. See how we play. That is a, a natural 20. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that is fantastic. So she, yeah. she, in all of her short stature for a, a elf. Tallest of the party, I should yeah. point out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she kind of walks up to him slowly and says seems like you might be out of a job soon if uh, you're leaving all your work to us we seem to be doing a pretty good job of it okay he looks clearly he's bothered by the fact that you do actually have the fact that you've slain a devil and no small devil either be it a devil to dangerous and Agatha can't lie being a paladin and he wouldn't presumably not expect her to do so mm. so he's mm. he really doesn't have much of a leg to stand on you think that he was thankfully in case it uh, bears highlighting he has not found your secret room down here mm. thankfully mm. yes and so and you can see that the five city watch are all just kind of sitting around looking you know men and women mostly mostly human but there's one uh, male dwarf as well they all look bored and they actually look like they don't believe there's anything to find here mm. you know them because they're city watch that kind of patrol your neighborhood and you've got yeah. along, we've we've got yeah. along with them so far yeah. Yeah. So, c- just to make sure I'm on the right track here, so Captain Staggett Hustus was uh, the first person that we came into contact with from the City Watch. Yes, he never. That was on the dock ward, though. Yeah. So that's very far away. He's more elite, though. He's a captain. That's so right. These, so that's yeah. what I'm going to say. Do you think that uh, if it would get back to Captain Hustus that you were abusing your power, coming in and terrorizing our patrons in an establishment of good repute, that it would be looked on fondly. Okay, so he sort of gives you a knowing stare for a brief moment, looks around, and then just seems so deflated. Like, he's got nothing. He has nothing to pursue this with. So he just sort of scowls, looks at Agatha, and says, I'm escorting you back to the temple now. Oh, but I was going to have a drink and a food in a pub. I've always wanted to have a nice pub meal. Seems like you've come all this way, searching innocent people's basements. Thirsty work, especially with all the ale and the wine about. <laughs> That's very true. Do you want to Yeah, of course you may. Thank you, Kevin. Bit of good cop, bad cop going on. Uh, let's see. We'll feed him the fish monstrosity. <laughs> haven't figured out a name for it yet. It's <laughs> Leviathan. Oh. <laughs> That's very good. Ten. Oh, I want to do well on this. I'll, uh, we'll re-roll. Okay. That's better. We are looking at a persuasion twenty. Oh wow! Okay, uh, unnatural though. So you you think so? He his 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 face softens as he looks to you, and he looks at your holy symbol and says, "Listen, a man of faith should know better than to associate with people like this. I expect better of you, cleric. I will leave you. 
You may stay for one meal and drink. I expect you to be back within the hour. She nods enthusiastically and says, That's great. No way. Nobody's at all. Nobody's at all. A voice booms from the top of the stairs, by the way. Not booms, actually. It's quite a softly spoken voice. And you recognize that it is uh, Seth Cromley. So Seth Cromley is an investigator in the City Watch. He's the guy that you met very briefly when oh, yeah. the toad incident occurred. Yeah. He and the watchful order of magists, a pair of them, came to investigate. Uh, you know that he's something of a higher-ranking, semi-retired inspector, Sir yeah. Crumley. So he's quite well, a, a person of quite good repute, and he lives in the area. So he is, just sort of, as a reminder, it's kind of a bit, bit of a Giles figure. He's sort of tall, okay. he's, he's a bit elderly, he's sort of a, an, an attractive, older, scholarly-looking man with, with big, thick spectacles and kind of sandy blonde hair that's going a bit grey. He has a really big, bushy uh, moustache as well, which is well-oiled. I immediately love it. You know, the typical uh, City Watch tabard. His looks a bit old-fashioned. Like, he probably yeah. has his same City Watch chainmail and tabard that he had back when he was you know, in full active service. So he says, I say, what is going on here? What is happening? We're going upstairs for a meal and a drink. Join us? Uh, yes, definitely. He's like, will that be all? He says, looking at the looking at the squad. I suggest you leave these good folk to their business, please. And with that, they all they all sort of you know begrudgingly get up and leave. The paladin gives you one last look, Lyle, and then yes, I want to speak to your orc friend at some point, and just leaves. And then the city watch all get up and leave as well. They they all actually look very apologetic. The dwarf turns to you and says, eh, "No hard feelings, just doing my job, you know." And he sort of wanders all all the way off. I knew yeah. I knew we didn't find anything. You're a good you're a good lad. Like gives you a little pat on the, sh- on the shoulder. That's wrong, I think. Seth Crumley's... Goff says, let him know that Lyle said you can have a drink. Oh, thank you. Wait, one second. And then she kind of uh, kind of goes behind a, a set of cupboards or something like that. And she says, you're only allowed one drink. And then she pulls out a giant yard glass. <laughs> Get them to fill this one up for you. <laughs> so his eyes go wide. He grabs enthusiastically and says, I know this is sudden, but I love you. <laughs> and then just runs upstairs. So Seth Cromley says... Shall we? Let's. And he, he wanders down. He wanders down into the basement. I was hoping to talk to you uh, at a certain point privately if I could. Well, this uh, is about as private as it gets now. I'm the chief law enforcement for this particular neighborhood. After all, I suppose it's only right that we have a meeting at some point. You gotta go up and shut the hatch. <laughs> yeah, you go up and shut the hatch. Yeah. So he looks around and says, So, and he wanders over to where your secret door is. Hello. And says, I don't particularly care to inspect this wall too carefully. I don't particularly care what clandestine activities you get up to. I believe you to be benevolent criminals. Would that be fair to say? And he he wanders over to a table and uh, he says, oh, may I? And goes to grab a bottle of wine. Of course. It's not a particularly expensive one, but he has good taste. It's like a really a good choice for like a middle of the road wine. This is one of those situations where if we say, if we were to answer yes, it would be less about the benevolence and more about the criminals. That would would constitute a confession, would it not? Yeah. We don't like to uh, call ourselves criminals. No one does, I think. We can kind of, I suppose, we, we pivot out from what is lawful, I guess you could say. Actually, the Xanathar Guild love calling themselves criminals. And he pours himself a glass of wine and he swirls it around and sips it and says, Mmm, very nice. I imagine that's not a love reciprocated. Indeed. I am no fool. I realise that crime is always going to exist in this city. After so many years serving in the force, you learn that you have to be flexible when you can. You will operate outside the law, of that I have no doubt. You may or may not end up getting killed as a result, but it will not be at the hand of me and mine. I propose that we come to an arrangement. It would work like this. You keep 
as much violence off my streets as you possibly can. You keep drugs away from children and, well, the, the, the worst drugs off the streets entirely. I have no doubt that it was you that assisted in that rescue of the Timberleys. Am I correct in that assumption? We don't like to brag. Of course. Which means that you are good folk. Or at least that our purposes can ally. Sometimes I cannot pursue certain leads because of the bureaucratic red tape that Waterdeep so often suffers for. I think that we have a similar enemy, the Zents and the Xenathar Guild. Would I be correct in that assumption? We're picking up what you're putting down. Fantastic. Because I'm putting it down pretty unsubtly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired and I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. It's been a long day for me as well. I heard about this nonsense too late, unfortunately. Luckily, he's got about as much uh, perception and insight as he does brains. So I will not reveal anything about your activities. And know that at least the local city watch will not bother you and will assume that whatever you are seen doing, it is with best intentions until I am given reason to think otherwise. Is that fair? I think that is more than fair. And if I could occasionally come to you with evidence of something that could use some looking into that I cannot? Would that be a fair request to make in return? So long as there is some profit in such an endeavour, I don't see why not. And she looks to her companions. I give a nod. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You down for some vigilante action? (laughs) Yes! I think that that is an enthusiastic yes from all three of us. Okay. And with that, he takes a couple of other clay cups and pours some wine and says, Well then, shall we toast to a mutually beneficial partnership? I will clink that glass. Yeah. You do. Is there a water, water deepian kind of uh, cheers that they have? They just say cheers. I, I've seen it in a couple of novels. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Well, cheers. he downs the wine, adjusts his spectacles, smooths his moustache, and then makes a note in his notebook. Very well then. Nothing to see here, except for some very well-stocked wine. And with that, he wanders upstairs and opens the hatch and leaves. You all, I assume, unless there's anything you want to say to each other before you go back up to the public space. It's probably worth a quick t- discussion. Yeah, I think so. That was a nice secret room that we used to have. Yeah, well, I thought it would be st- stay secret for at least a little bit longer. But some people are just uh, well, rather good at their jobs, which I think this guy might be mm. and might be good to stay on the right side of him I think yes here's the law the observing the in the perception check to detect that particular secret door is DC 22 so he's obviously very observant he's got some game yes yeah uh, and you know one of the reasons that he is semi-retired you know mm. uh, actually just with your uh, urchin abilities cool. is that he was so very very good at his investigative work yeah that, that he is kind of keeps getting pulled out of retirement to help in this ah. case or, or, or just come mm. out and help in this case you know so he's just you know what I'm just part time again is, right? he, like, yeah. is he one of those people who never really planned for retirement who kind of <laughs> dove deep into the work possibly yes like, absolutely Un- unmarried life just finds, him, finds himself bored around the house otherwise exactly, exactly so with that then I guess you make your way back up to mm. the tavern yes. so you can see that life is sitting there looking rather nervous <laughs> as yeah. he watches the paladin leave and then is kind of looking nervous at Agatha in the corner because Agatha is just staring at him but not in anger or or hostility just in wide-eyed wonder she's being served by a ghost so I guess you find a small table to the side oh sorry pardon me Um, as soon as you come up life immediately you know sort of signs to you delivery here for you and points behind the bar ah yes do you want to indoctrinate Agatha into the into our selection of beers and I'll see what it is that we have to deal with in terms of the paperwork sounds good Agatha come over here 
she, she, she wanders over to you. This is a beer. Yeah, yeah well done. Oh but, God. you know, we're going to have a chat about what makes a good beer. And that kind of peters off. She, yeah, yeah. So with that, you just, you know, as the camera pans away, we can see you and she is sitting there in rapt attention. There is a level of... There's a level of puzzlement from Lyle at the notion of a dwarf being introduced to beer for the first time. Oh. Something seems very sinister and wrong about that whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Very wrong. It feels bad for us. Very, very sheltered she's been. Aww. So, you Put that in the back of your mind. So, I, yeah, I am, I am taking a look at this. Taking, Izzy's taking a look at this package, and there's a kind mm. of a way that they kind of tilt their head and squint their eye. Nice. Yes, I would like to take a look and see if there's anything weird packaged. Okay, so what, what this package is, is essentially a small-ish wooden box. It's about two feet by one foot. You know, essentially mm-hmm. it's, a, it's almost the size of a violin case. Or a small suitcase. This does not alleviate my suspicion. <laughs> there is a note on top. Yes. And as you get closer, you feel your harper pin, which I imagine you probably just keep, I don't know, oh, yeah, down, yeah, yeah, down yeah, your front, yeah. uh, start to hum slightly. And as it gets within proximity, words on the note reveal themselves, like magic ink. Oh, it needs the, harper cool. pin, needs the harper pin to be close to it in order to read them. So, once that occurs, you can see that there is a scrawled note. Actually, and... is Lyle one of the a harper as well? Yes, yeah. no, Lyle. Oh. Lyle. I, yeah. I threw in my lot there. So, what it says is, a young bronze dragon has taken up residence in the naval harbour. It's startled a few sailors recently, but it hasn't hurt anyone. I've had a few potions of water breathing and a scroll of comprehend languages, just in case it does not speak common, delivered to your establishment. Use them to confront the dragon and learn its intentions. As Izzy's reading the um, the note, their other hand is actually opening up the case. Yes, and so yeah. in, in the case, as promised, there is a scroll of Comprehend Languages, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and there are four potions of, you presume, water breathing. Mm-hmm. So just okay. to make sure I'm clear on it, just sorry, out of game. Of course. What, um, so bronze dragon, and we want to go talk to it? Yes, supposedly hanging around. Whereabouts? The harbour. In the harbour. The harbour. Bronze dragons are aquatic, although they can be. They can breathe underwater. So they are, they're sort of coast dwellers. They, they normally have sort of beachside or cliffside next to the ocean kind of layers. And they Clearly not known as being evil or anything like that. Let's see what people know about Cop- copper dragons. Ooh, I'm, not, I'm not here at the moment. Is it nature no, or it, Arcana? Definitely. Arcana. Oh yeah. Me, 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 I me, me, can me, say me. that I've I've set Agatha up and I've you know wandered back. Yeah. To okay. Come so and have a look at all of this. She's just she's just happily finishing her beer and stuffing her mouth full of this wonderful food that you serve. That is a. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, 21. Wow. Okay, you know a lot. So copper dragons are very very friendly. And mischievous. Is it copper or bronze? Sorry, pardon me. Bronze dragons. <laughs> bronze dragons. No, they're the worst. Bronze dragons. Oh wow. Bronze dragons are the absolute worst. So, <laughs> so yeah. So pardon me. Uh, so bronze dragons are generally speaking quite friendly. They are metallic dragons. All the metallic dragons are generally good. Mm-hmm. They can be essentially, you know, greedy and such, as all as most dragons can be with regards to building their hordes and so forth. But mm-hmm. mostly, the particularly if they're young. They're likely just very inquisitive and such. Yeah, so they so what you know is that they're primarily coastal dwellers. They feed primarily on aquatic plants and fish. 
So they can often take the forms of friendly animals to observe other creatures of interest. They are fascinated by warfare and oftentimes will eagerly join armies fighting for just causes. They are actively opposed to tyranny. Yeah, These dragons will punch Nazis. They will. They will absolutely punch Nazis. Uh, so they can breathe water. They have lightning breath. They also have a repulsion breath. So, which basically just a great big pushback, like a sand. <laughs> so, oh, okay, like, so, so not like halitosis or anything. Yeah. yeah. Most, most metallic dragons have got two breath weapons. Okay. One is normally an elemental blast, the other one is some kind of a non damaging effect or, you know, oh, okay. a, a different, like a stunning thing or a sonic thing. Or <laughs> So, in this case, it's like a big burst of either, either water or air, depending on what they've just been breathing, you know? Okay, right. Uh, so, yeah, that's about, that's really about all you know. You see a dragon. Yeah, possibly. Uh, so, now, having said that though, not all metallic dragons are perfectly good. So it, it, it's also very strange for it to be there because it can't come into the city. No. Obviously with the dragon ward being up around Waterdeep. So the docks is about as far as as far as it could, it could go. So um, do we know how long it's been here for? Does that say in the missive? I don't think so. No. You, you assume not long if they're just sending it now though. Yeah. I might make the suggestion that before we go and jump in the pond that we have a chat with people around the docks and see if they've encountered anything interesting. Agreed. The bronze dragon hanging out alone in the harbour may have some kind of agenda. The harpers must have come by the information somehow. Exactly. I say we go and ask some questions. Agreed. All right then. Okay. So, well, I guess with that then, are you just going to be maybe having a bit of a drink and eat? Yeah, so short short rest. Short rest. Just to make sure that I can clear my damage from last time. (laughs) Incidentally, by the way, one one mechanical thing I got wrong was if you take a short rest in your tavern. Mm. Yes. In the comforts of your tavern, your hit dice are maximized. You did mention that. But if even if you take a short rest outside of your tavern, yeah. you still get to roll twice and take the best results. That's interesting. So think of it like you're the hit dice that you spend, you you, yeah. roll, you you can re-roll any ones you want. So with that then you have a beautiful feast. Agatha turns and walks outside. You can see that Nat is already waiting outside with her with her with her wooden sword ready with a big cheeky grin on her face. Hey, uh, Agatha hey. says, Oh look, there is a villain here that I'm going to have to smite. And then she, Wait, 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 Garden. Oh, alright, good. Yes. I'll be back. I'll be back at, to the temple soon and says, listen, thank you. And she looks to you, Jez, and holds up the potion of invisibility and says, I think I'll be making use of this at some point. I want to thank you for giving me this once more. Oh, oh my pleasure. No worries at all. Do try to uh, come visit us as often as you can. I will. Come now. And with that, the two of them run off into the garden. So that's lovely. And yes. with that, you make your way, I guess, just down to the docks, right? That's the that's the plan? Yep. Okay, fantastic. Now, it is a dreary day. It has become very overcast and the rain has started to fall. In the last hour or so, you can hear rolling in the distance the sound of an oncoming storm. You think this evening there's going to be quite the thunderstorm, which is actually quite typical for spring. It's normally very sort of stormy. The wind is high. It's actually a bit of a, a bit of an unpleasant walk through the city. The, the festivities of Fleet's Wake are interrupted by this rain that is almost horizontal because of the high winds and such. But you pull your traveler's cloaks around you as you make your way through down and towards the dock area. Uh, what is, can I just triple check, please? Everyone's passive perception score. Uh, Has that changed since leveling up or anything yes. like that? Okay, can I ask Lyle, what is your? 14. 14, and your passive perception? Uh, mine is 12. Okay, and Jez? I don't think I've changed it since leveling up at 12. 12, okay, sounds good. So with that then, you hear what sounds like 
muffled gunshots, Lyle. And then you hear what sounds like the distant cry of alarm coming from an alleyway that you pass over. All right. You, can hear, th- you hear what sounds like thumping, like someone someone slamming on the door. But before that, you pick up on what definitely, definitely sound like a couple of muffled gunshots. We've heard gunshots before from the drow. Yes. Well, uh, you you've seen them, but you you you've heard you, you, you've heard you've heard of a smoke powder weapon before. You've heard yeah. fireworks mm-hmm. and so forth. So I know what to associate. I know what to associate the sound with. I guess is what I'm saying. Exactly so. Exactly right. so. Very very rare though. Yes, definitely. Jez, Izzy, over there. What gunshots? Ah. Some of those smoke powder weapons. Right. Okay. Might go take a look then. And do just that. Uh, um, so it's a hustle. Is you run down the alleyway. All right. Let me just check us. A- thing very quickly um, is there any is there any roofs for me to kind of get up on top of and absolutely there are can you please get actually either way can you please give me an acrobatics check to see how quickly you can right. scooch down the end of the alleyway yeah cool oh. not a problem but before that happens yep I would like to cast pass without trace okay. on the three of us okay great so that's plus 10 bonus to dexterity stealth checks being made and you have Timora's uh, Trace's blessing on you Jez once again bestowed with the luck of Timora Jez is going to try to scramble up on top of the roof so the way this is going to work is you two Izzy and Lyle you're going to run down the alleyway as quickly as yep. you can yep. to a T section that is at the end of it and Jez, you are going to scramble up a nearby drain pipe to try to get up onto the roof quickly and to basically just run along above these two. Around here, by the way, you are still in the North Ward, and yep. so the okay. buildings are tightly packed and at least two or three stories, four stories tall in some cases, but there's balconies and other mm. other thieves' highway. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, you said acrobatics for us all or just for Jez? Or athletics, basically just to see how quickly you can scamper. Yep. Oh, I'm going to say acrobatics because I am not fit. No, that's, that's okay. This is not going to be a typically you know, a, a particularly difficult uh, yeah. challenge. It's just kind of how quickly you can scamper. Oh, yeah. Scamp up twenty. Yep. Great. Uh, Eighteen. Great. Actually, you you do really well, Jez. What did you get for your twenty-five? Okay. Holy crap, Jez! You are a freaking ninja. You you are on the roof almost before they've even entered the alleyway, and you are hop with a hop, skip, and a jump. You are directly above the location in which this kerfuffle is taking place. So what you can hear is a couple of things actually. So first of all, on the ground floor of this three-story building at the end but once again it's all all the buildings are connected and joined in at this particular location so jazz you run across the rooftop being very careful because the roofs here are very very slanted water deep does have very very heavy snow in winter so the the slant to the roofs has to be really steep indeed and so it's raining as well with the wind in your face so that acrobatics check is still very sound though when you get to the end all of a sudden you can hear that there's a, a group of city watch down the bottom mm-hmm. and you can see that there is a tall slender woman with black hair who appears to be in charge of this particular city watch patrol and she is furiously smashing on the door trying to get in which is a, a door that is clearly barricaded Jez as you get to the end of the alleyway it's good, it's a good thing that you're on the roof because oh no but no because because <laughs> smashing out of a window on the top floor and scrambling with remarkable dexterity you can actually see a drow mm. a drow with the guns that you it, it is this particular drow is a, is a male drow which is dressed very similarly to the two that you encountered in the sewers they're different mm. uh, he's, he's a different drow but he is dressed that way he is covered in blood and you can see that inside there appears to be uh, two dead city guard sorry city watch one has a bullet hole in the side of their head and there's sounds there is sounds of a scuffle and you can also see that there is another there is another wounded drow that is pulling is just starting to basically 
finish pulling a an oak wooden table in front of the door on the top floor as this drow smashes out and looks at you for a split second and you can see he's got short spiky white hair pale purple skin and his shield and pistol smoke pistol in his left hand yes Slau? right two things I want to make sure that you're aware of going forward so Pastoral sure. Trace is cast on the three of us okay good so in this instance masking you and your companions from detection plus 10 bonus to dexterity I'm not sure whether you were doing this stealthily or not uh, the idea was to do it stealthily yeah so I'm not sure but I haven't whether there's some stealth yeah that's fair no that's okay so we'll we'll do that now so right. roll, so please roll for stealth so here's the second thing okay cannot be tracked except by magical means amazing and it, are you also invisible like what's the deal bit? oh no we're still like it's still stealth okay just means that um, you can't be tracked with yeah yeah great so assuming that the city watch got wind of us say being here it would be able to say track us back to um, speak freely tavern absolutely so first of all Jez you have advantage on this because of the howling wind and the rain Tamara's blessing and 25 again so you are you are absolutely 100% hidden but I have to ask you really quickly because this drow is not waiting for his companion he's just going to start running along the rooftops are you going to call out give chase or just pursue stealth is it? what are you doing I think at the moment we, we've had somewhat of a ceasefire really with, with the drow we haven't looked to hinder them at all you've had a very amicable relationship yeah but that being said they've also just killed watch <laughs> that's so very different yes. I don't think I would necessarily be going for any kind of kill but I think I'd, we definitely want to grab them maybe aside from or away from the actual guards do we have time to discuss this matter you, you do no, not no, Jess? No, I, this yeah. is just me talking through my, my thoughts here taking them aside away from the guards and questioning them ourselves so with that considered Jez is going to take off on a bit of a run mm-hmm and then try to do somewhat of a manoeuvre to sweep the leg and bowl them over Ooh. so they can't continue running away. Okay, well, so you are completely hidden. So if you want to wait until this particular drow you know, runs across the roof, uh, essentially leaving the scene a little bit. Are they running towards me or away from me? Oh, well, away, away from you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so she definitely takes off on a bit of a run. Mm-hmm. And then in a, a good location that's not really visible from the street mm-hmm. itself, mm-hmm. we'll try to kind of do some kind of trip or grapple check. Tri- a trip check, absolutely. I will allow you to... No, that's fine. So you can just definitely make a, a, effectively a, a an attack roll, but you'll be trying to trip rather than do damage yep. type thing, which may have them slip and fall, but that's okay. They're so good. just a regular attack? Exactly so. So... Just to set the scene, the wind and the rain is smashing in your face as you pull your cloak around you, keeping keeping your footsteps as quiet as possible as you scamper up behind this drow who thankfully does not turn around to check on their companion and just runs across the roofs. They are really remarkably agile, so it's, it is good that you managed to keep pace with them. What did you get overall? 23. You do a beautiful sweeping maneuver. The drow is caught completely off guard and swears in clearly what is deep speech before plummeting and sliding down the rain-slicked roof before falling a good (laughs) three stories to crash into a pile of barrels in an alleyway. They are... Not as stealthy as I would have wanted it, but... <laughs> no, but it's okay. It's, it's well away from the scene. Yeah. Plus his will get out. And this drow is now unconscious, cool. but is not is not dead. But you'll probably need to stabilize them because they, they could be suffering from uh, a pretty bad injury. But we'll we'll just cut back to Izzy and Lyle mm-hmm. right now. So you see these three city guard. Now, mm-hmm. to be clear, with your passive perception, Lyle, yep. you do see the drow scamper across the rooftops. But that is all. 
you can see I, I guess you see Jez follow that was my assumption yeah and but you can see that these the city watch down here are still smashing on the door it's clearly barricaded because the lock yeah. is broken but the door itself is still stuck on something what do you do uh, door is barricaded you say yes I presumably it's barricaded from inside alright look to Izzy there's a chance I could set the whole thing on fire no. Uh, how far away is the door? The door. Well, at the present time, uh, I haven't. You haven't decided whether you wanted to reveal yourselves to the city watch yet. So I'm no. going to say you're a good 30, 40 feet back. Okay. They all have their backs to you anyway. But I mean, do you want to try to be stealthy, or do you want to be? Oh, we're still being stealthy. Yes. Okay. All right. So other thing to keep in mind is that pass without trace doesn't have an end condition save for when I break concentration. Great. Or an hour has elapsed. Wow. Okay. And to be clear, also in case it wasn't, there are plenty of barrels and yes. uh, water troughs to hide behind here. Yeah. Okay. In this, in this alleyway. All right, 30 to 40 feet, your yeah. unseen servant might be able to do something about the barricade. Oh, wait, hang on. Yes. Of course, it either has you... a strength of two. No, probably not then. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one thing to bear in mind is you heard very clearly the gunshots coming from the upper floors, and, yeah. you, and you can also see that there are windows both on the ground floor and also further up. So I know I, I realize that you two may not be as spry as Jez, but mm. if you wanted to try to scramble up to the second floor and smash in through a window, you certainly could. We could. We need to know more. We also don't want to be here over long. All right, so... Looks like we can try and make our way inside. Let's try mm-hmm. and make our way inside. Fantastic. So give me a stealth check. Sure. Right. As you walk past the city watch. Uh, you have plus 10 to stealth. Oh, do I? Oh, God. Okay. Keep, keeping out of their line of sight, you scramble up t- uh, to a balcony above and try to come in through a window on the second floor. Once again, stealthily. I was just thinking if so, I wanted to do something. Know, right. o- opening the window and sliding in rather than smashing through in a dramatic fashion. Okay. Sorry. Just, just out of game. I have plus 10. You do. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then it is a, oh God, it is a 28. Yeah. Okay. So the two of you, two very small traveler cloak, rain soaked figures, scramble up onto the balcony, slide the window open perfectly. And then you say, it's actually quite funny because as you sneak into this second floor, you can see that a wounded drow a male drow. This one has long hair, which is tied back in a ponytail, and it's kind yep. of that very pale yellow color. Drow hair is typically, uh-huh. typically either white, or it can sometimes be a little bit, a little bit sort of shot blonde. And uh, his yeah. his skin tone is a sort of a darker blue. And so he once again sneaks downstairs, very very sneakily. But you mm-hmm. can see him because he's the, from your angle, yeah. he has nothing to hide behind. He can't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so he comes down he's, he's holding his side he has dropped his shield if he ever had one yeah. and he's currently reloading his left uh, flintlock pistol right. smoke powder pistol and he seems to be kind of undecided like he's looking at the window that you've come in thankfully yeah. you, you're still hiding behind something you managed yeah, to you, you with your small your small size managed to scamper directly underneath a nearby table so this is by the way this is the second floor of someone's residence it doesn't seem like there's anyone in room here right now but you know it's it's a it's a home. Yeah. And so he looks like he's trying to work out whether he wants to grab does the window or, does he go? or go downstairs or go back upstairs. He seems unsure of what, what to do. What, what do you do is my uh, question. Uh, what is? So we have two dead watch on the second floor where we are. You haven't seen those. Oh, okay. Only Jez did yeah. from her angle upstairs. Oh, okay. Because she can see in through the top window. Right. So we're You know the... that gunfire's come up there. Yeah. And you can see him covered in blood and he has yeah. a, a big the reason that he's covered in blood is because he has a big gash across his upper chest yeah okay. what what floor are we on then you are on the second floor but we can't see the dead bodies on the second because floor because the, 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 they're, the they're on the third floor okay. yeah. pardon me sorry sorry alright 
This building has a grand total of three floors. Jazz is currently scampering along, along yeah. the roof. Let's work on the assumption then. There's something about this place that's important. Yes. All right. Anything on the second floor that's um, looks like it's standing out, or something that might be on the drow himself as a uh, something that he's looking to carry. Yes. As a matter of fact, you can see that he had, amongst other things, <laughs> slung over his back. He has the telltale truncheon and conical helm of a City Watch member. And looking around the walls, you can see this appears to be the home of a City Watch guardsman. Really? Ah, no. Okay. So he's got those on his person. Yes. I don't think a drow enlists in the city not, watch. not not wearing no, them. No, 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 no. He's, he's yes. taken them, like he's picked them up. Yeah, yes. but it's a weird choice to do. I we need to know more about this place. Yes. One way or the other. So it's either ground floor or third floor. So I either so I point look at Izzy and I point either down or up and then look here. Izzy thinks about it for a moment. Up. Yep. Alright. So, it sounds like the drow is heading downstairs. Well, he, he he paused at this point, and now now it looks like the decision he's come to is to is to go out the window. Actually, that you just came in. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's fine. That's no, oh, that's a choice. <laughs> let's head for the th- all right. Let's head for the third floor and see if there's anything else about this place that uh, stands out. Okay, we've got a limited amount of time before we're going to have to skip out of ourselves. So you wait for the drow to go past you. You yeah. just keep you you hide under the table at the present time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then actually, so what what is your total stealth check? I got uh, seventeen. Uh, 17? I got a 22, I thought. No, it was more than that. It was at least 26. No, it was more like 28. Okay. Really? Can you achieve a 28? Well, you gave me a plus 10. I suppose it's true. (laughs) Yes. And I rolled a 16 and there's a plus 2 stealth. Lyle. Yeah. Just before this trial goes, to, he, he he puts one leg out the window mm-hmm. and then and then turns around whilst standing on the balcony outside to go, and then spots you. Ooh, okay. and then points the flintlock directly at you and says, "Who are you?" I'm not inclined to um, not inclined to get into a debate while someone's pointing a gun at me. I have an action. You do. And is he? Sorry. While that's happening, he's pointed the gun at he's Lyle. He's pointed the, the flintlock directly at his face. Yes. Unseen. You think it startled him? You were yeah. you were pretty well hidden. He just he kind of just it's almost like a horror movie. You know, you see a thing lurking in the background, and all of a sudden, go, oh shit! Oh, yeah. So unseen by both of them, Izzy pulls out a little bit of dowel and a string. Yes. And kind of um, wiggles it between their fingers. Okay. It's a unseen servant. Okay. And it's it- a component for unseen servant. Okay. Now that's okay. So spell casting is obvious. So ah, that will reveal you. Damn. Just to be really clear, to cast a spell, ah. if, it, if, if it has a verbal mm. component. Oh, no, no, no. It is a... Um, is it just some... Ah, shoot. What no, is it? it is a verbal... Com- yeah. There is a verbal component. So, yeah. So one yeah. thing to bear in mind with, with spell casting, the subtle spell yes. ability that sorcerers get yeah. is kind of really the only way to do magic secretly. Unless, ah, it, does, right. unless it doesn't have a verbal component, right? Because you yeah. you have to speak in a clear, loud, sort right. of audible, audible voice. And yeah. I actually think it's a little bit like, you know, Gandalf in... Oh, the yeah, Lord of the yeah, Rings yeah. movie where it's when you start to speak the words of magic it actually almost resonates and has like a very obvious oh yeah okay because it's it's supposed to be very very obvious that you're casting the spell mm. right so the way the way I pitch that is it, it kind of goes like, like it's sort of yeah. you, you sort of take on that sort of um, okay. um, reverb I guess but, yeah, yeah, yeah. so just bear that in mind so Lyle if you say that he, he points the pistol up you are never Clark's friend ooh right okay let me go they were dirty they were in the Zent's payroll. I needed something from him. I've taken them. I've also removed the city with two Zents. You will not have an issue with this, I think. You lie, and I will find you. He nods and says, All right then. Thank you, Halfling. 
And with that, he just closes the window quietly and then holds a finger to his lips and gives you a wink and then scrambles up the outside of the building. Jez, cut back to you. You stand on the edge of the building looking down at the fallen figure who is smashed amongst a group of ruined barrels. Do you descend to try to stabilize them? Yep. Great. So you get all the way down there and, I mean, so you can just try a medicine check. Mm -hmm. Just try to make sure he doesn't have a concussion and he doesn't bleed out. It's not very good. It's a six... Okay, you make it worse somehow. No, so you you break his, you are, you unintentionally break his neck. No, so you so he's unconscious. He's not he's not doing very well. Do you want to uh, essentially risk giving him a healing potion or just hope that he comes round? Uh, no, I give him a healing potion because the idea wasn't to actually hurt him. So okay, what have we got? So one healing potion used, and what mm-hmm. would I be rolling for that? Uh, so it'll be if it's one of Phala's. It's just a standard one. Okay, so it's it's two d four plus four. It's a solid three. Okay, good. Plus what, sorry? Four. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, with a start, all of a sudden, he just kind of <gasps> wakes up and looks at you. And once again, he's got sort of short, spiky uh, white hair and looks, you know, really, really confused. He has no idea what's just happened. But he sees you standing above him and sees you pulling away the healing potion. So he thinks, at least for the time being, that he's not under any threat. He does not re- react hostilely, but he springs to his feet. And he is dressed in essentially sort of a dark purple and black leather armor, which seems to be their general uniform. And his shield has fallen out of his hand. He says, hello, do I know you? I don't believe we've met. I've met some of your buddies before. I don't necessarily have a problem with them, you or your people, but I'd like to know, why was it that you just shot a city watch? Or was it city guard? City watch. Why you just shot a city watch? He says, I didn't. Good day to you. Well, they turns and goes to walk away. Um, no, so I stop him. <laughs> I just say, excuse me, I think it's a bit rude. We were having a conversation and then she withdraws her mm-hmm. sort of dagger and points at him and just says... Initiative. Let's... All right. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> he is not as polite as the other one. Okay. That's five. Okay. So you're five. Mm-hmm. With that, he is actually going to whip out a small truncheon that he has. He has a city watch truncheon, which is clearly pilfered from the incident upstairs. Mm-hmm. And he is going to make an attack on you. So what is your armor class? 14? Mm-hmm. So one miss and one hit. He smacks you in the, in the side of the face with for six down. He says, just let me go. It's none of your business. I thank you for your aid. <laughs> So he, so he smacks you, and then he just kind of disengages, but doesn't move, right? So you're still in melee range with him. So he just kind of knocks your blades away so that he can then turn and scamper when he next gets the chance. So what do you do? Um, you can still try and talk him down. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So she's, she's just going to say, Oi, I didn't waste a healing potion on you just to stab you again. I would like a bit of a conversation. Get back here. And she kind of goes after him. Okay. Give me a persuasion check. And with it, with, it, with advantage, because you did heal him. So that's mm. that's a feather in your cap. You're a bruise on your face. <laughs> so it's an unnatural 20. Okay. He pauses and says, I like you and I know you. Never God speaks of you. You are Jez, yes? That's me. Yes. All right, then. It's your hair. He describes it. All right. I'll work that one out later. <laughs> so, again, why was it that you decided to shoot a, a, a City Watch? I mean, that's not very low-key, if you know what I'm talking about. I didn't shoot City Watch. I, I, I just saw a City Watch with a bullet hole in its head. What, what more Oh, I want? see. Oh, I see. So that's it. So any bullet hole comes from me, yes? <laughs> Like, can you just maybe be a little less hostile and, like, we can have a conversation? All right. So what happened in the room 
where someone has been shot in the head. He leans forward and says, for the record, it was my companion that shot the city watch, not me. Okay. I stabbed the city watch. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> specific at least. <laughs> Any particular reason? Maybe he slept with my wife. <laughs> And he, he just gives you a really antagonizing cheeky grin. Like he's he's just he's just being a dick, but he's not Buddy, I don't believe you could get yourself one of those, so <sighs> let's talk plainly. <laughs> okay, he, he sheaths the truncheon and then holds his hand out and says, Alright, you win. <laughs> that was good. Alright, what's your name then? Zivit. Zivit? Well, you know me, I'm Jez. Any no. particular reason why there I was should... Okay. They're on the Zen payroll. Right. We're seeing a lot of that lately. Yes, well... And what was your business there, then? Killing them. I mean, that's as good a reason as any, I suppose. <laughs> well, kill two birds with one stone. Get rid of two zents. They interfere with our business. There are also ones that were... Actually, uh, you know what? None of it is any of your business, though. But we also need to have the uniforms. I see. Anything that you would like to enlighten me on? Not particularly. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, listen. I don't ask you about your the deeper secrets of your enterprise. You don't ask me about ours. I suggest that we uh, proceed amicably. And if I were to tell Nevercott that this had happened, that wouldn't be a problem, you think? Nevercott works for us. He does what we say. All right. Well, in that case, if you pop along, I'll see what I can do. He nods and says... Try to be a little more subtle next time, though, yeah? It was his fault. He says, pointing at the roof, he says, It was his fault. I said we should have blades, but the fact is that uh, one of them proved a bit more difficult than not. And so, had to resort to guns. All right. Wouldn't have been my call. All right. Well, off you pop. He nods and sprints down the end of the alleyway. All right. You two. Cut to you two in the apartment. All right. Yes. First of all, this trail has left. Has his leaving, has his leaving alerted the city watch in any way? No, but right, you, so they, are about, they are about to smash through the front door. They're, they're, they're all, they've almost got through. Okay. Uh, there's nothing on the second floor that indicates any kind of crime that had been taken, like no, no searching or anything like that? Not at all. It really does seem like they were there for the people upstairs rather than anything in the house itself, um, at, at least on this floor. This, right. is, this is just a small living area, kitchen. I was going to, yeah, I'm grabbing Izzy okay. and hand in hand we're making our way up to the third floor. So you rush up to the top floor? Yep, yep. great. So you get there and you can see. <laughs> okay. There's, there's blood on the ground and there are two city watch corpses. <laughs> there is a man and a woman, both yep. human. Uh, the woman has got a slash across her stomach yep. and a bullet hole in her upper shoulder. Okay. And the man has just got a bullet hole in the side of his head. All right. <laughs> They're both pale brown hair, uh, about middle age or so. Is he? Were you going to do a thing? Nope. Nope. I'm okay. I'm okay. You can investigate, of course. I'm going um, to. Excellent. You can investigate the cops. <laughs> so, quick, um, quick um, sticks. Yes. <laughs> right. So, as an urchin, not the first time I've had to deal with uh, bodies of a various insensate or dead kind. Yes. And the second part of that is halfling brave. Mm-hmm. So, being able to move aside for the squeamishness. Fantastic. I am going to do just a quick search based on what we've seen uh, so far of the Zens. Mm-hmm. The back of the neck mm-hmm. or someplace unobtrusive, like say under the arms or something like that. Indeed. Looking for any kind of tattoo that might out and out identify them as Zens as opposed to someone okay. that had just been bribed by them. No, that, that, makes, it, that makes perfect sense. So, obviously because of the fact that they are City Watch your guess is that if they are masquerading as such then if they do have the Zent tattoos and the full members they're probably going to be in some very out of the way place so you're Give me a, a give me a investigation or a perception check. Okay, uh, perception it is then. Can you let me know when enough time has passed for me to have wandered back? Yes, Ooh, absolutely. Sweet twenty-four. 
Great. You find everything. <laughs> so you search the bodies and you search the room. And, and you... Izzy's also searching as um, well? Yes. Fantastic. So you notice that there is the uh, there is the remnants of, of a... Actually, can you give me an, an arcana check to sure. inspect? Because there's an empty potion bottle that you right. find discarded on the ground, which yeah. Izzy might be able to help out with. What is Excellent. That? What did you get for your perception or investigation, however? Roll twice. Once, once for a knowledge arcana, an intelligence arcana, and once for perception or investigation, whatever's better for you. Natural 20 on the arcana. Great. It was a potion of invisibility. It's like the consistency is similar to what we gave. Yep. Yeah. And then, did I have to roll another thing? Uh, yeah. per- you don't have to, but perception or, or uh, mm. wisdom perception or intelligence investigation, if you so desire. Uh, I'm going to do investigation. Great. Lay of the land, the room yeah. itself. 15 on investigation. Okay, great. So you don't find anything that Lyle doesn't. There's nothing extra yeah. that you find, of course, but Lyle, mm. yes. you find two important things. First of all, the woman has underneath her armpit a Zent mm-hmm. tattoo. Okay, so. a very, a very you know, nondescript place, of course. Yeah. Secondly, you realize that they have definitely pilfered a secret compartment under the writing desk in this room. This, by the way, is their main bedroom. Yeah. And it's, apart from a privy and a small washroom at the end of a little tiny corridor, is the only rooms on this third floor. So they went straight for it. They obviously knew where to look, or at least were very quick in finding it. Uh And whatever was inside the drawer has been pilfered. You you think it was writing documents because of the fact that you can see there's a couple of little ink stains inside and just the barest amounts of uh, feathering from a quill. There's some truth to the, there's some truth to the drow story. We should go. Yeah. At this point, Jez, your little footfalls can barely be heard by these two. Well, actually, probably not, to be honest with you, as you are about to slink down to the balcony on the third floor and you come into the room where these two are just finishing their sort of fossicking about. What do you what do you all do? And she says, You'll never believe it, but I reckon these guys are zent. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, trust me. I reckon they are. So I spoke to a drow and he was like, yeah, they're Zents. And I let him go. And so I'm really hoping they're Zents. Otherwise, I've really balls this all up. I think you could. Izzy's like pointedly not looking at the corpses. I, on the other hand, call your attention to the the underarm of the woman. Oh, so yeah, you're all over it then, clearly. We need to go. Should we not, I don't know, try to talk to the watch? No. (laughs) No, I think we're good. We should go. We should go. We should go. We should, we should go. go. We should go. All right. If we're talking to the watch, we're not talking to them here. Oh, fair. I, I suppose it might look a little. <laughs> As you literally stand surrounded by blood and corpses. I mean, sure. Just like, no. I mean, we were just about to go talk to a dragon, and I would love that so much. Can we go? We're going, and I'm out the Please. window. You're out Yay. the window. Great. So with that, you scramble out the window. Uh, I guess you three take the thieves' highway for a little bit and then maybe carefully descend a dr- down a drain pipe nearby. Given the conditions of the wind and the rain and what have you, I'm yeah. going to Izzy. Yeah, I'm going ground. No, I was going to suggest <laughs> Featherfall, maybe. Yes, yes, yes. With that then, you descend, and soon you are scurrying through the rain-soaked alleyway before coming out back out into one of the larger city streets to continue your journey south to meet a dragon, supposedly, at a dock. Man, this and... dragon better be cool, otherwise I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> well, let's hope for everyone's sake that it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.